1991, I was eight years old, attended a Super Bowl party with my family. It was the Giants and Bills, which has since become Super Bowl lore because of the end of that game. Specifically, remember losing a tooth on a bite of Doritos and nobody at the party really caring about the game itself. It just sort of serving as a, an early sort of family dinner party except for my dad who was way into the game both as a Giants and football fan and I sort of kept running in and out as per my recollection and obviously now the game is remembered quite fondly by Giants fans and it's a, a terror and, and horror-filled memory for Bills fans because it ended on a missed field goal by Scott Norwood. Now Norwood tries to kick his longest ever on grass, 47 yards. Sort of in the, in the same vein as the kicker from Ace Ventura. Eight seconds left. He has sort of been a, an infamous name for years and years to come. No good, wide right. Uh, to this day, my dad still looks back and laughs at how he was the only one watching this insane Super Bowl on the couch alone as kids sort of ran around and parents milled around and my dad was freaking out all by his lonesome. And I still think that's really funny to me. So That to me feels like a typical Super Bowl party. It does, There's right? always like one person who really cares. Yeah. And then everybody else distracts him. It's, it's basically the worst environment for watching football. It's awful. It's really, really bad. And my dad wasn't going nuts. He was just like, are you guys not seeing this? The Giants are going to win the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback on a crazy missed field. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I know there's M&Ms, but that was basically his evening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from TheVerge.com. I am your host, Christopher Thomas Plant. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, but also friend, Dan Rubenstein from SVNation.com. Uh, the website about sports. <laughs> he does video and uh, video production and hosts. He's an all-around affable man, and he knows about the Super Bowl. And that's why I've invited you here today, Dan. Is the Christopher thing because this is you in audio form and you're Chris in written form? You want to know what it was? I said Christopher the first time, and then like... Just go with it. I love you it. You can't go back on it. I like that a lot. I Yeah, I guess I like it. I don't, you know, like, have you ever just figured that you don't really know which variation of your name that you prefer? This well, doesn't sound like it could be possible for you. You're a confident man. I, well, I have a story about that, but th- it, we're really getting away from the Super Bowl. <laughs> I went, my, the short version is I went from Danny to Dan first day of college. And I don't know if there were, were I don't know if there's a day that I could have done that after being taken seriously. So all new people, I'm Dan. Everybody wow, that I, knows me before college, I'm Danny. This might shock you. I went from Christo to Chris Whoa. on the first day of elementary school. Christo. I love that. I know, like a, a small Greek child. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the Super Bowl. Top level. Yeah. What, what is the Super Bowl for the four people who mm-hmm. might somehow be listening to this show but don't know what this is? The Super Bowl is the championship game for the biggest sport in America, and it is also the most viewed American sport each year, uh, upwards of 100, 110, 115 million people watch the Super Bowl. It is a it is a game that pits the AFC and the NFC 
the NFL's two conferences, their champions. Uh, it occurs two weeks after the conference championship games. Uh, generally in late January, it has sort of transitioned to early February, and it's even later this year because of a late Labor Day start to the season. College starts on Labor Day, and the NFL always starts the week after Labor Day. So it's later than usual. It is a spectacle. Uh, there is there are two weeks of programming leading up to the game on every single major sports and non-sports channel covering the game in various ways, whether it's about the football, the halftime show, the, the commercials that everybody seems to love, and just the general television spectacle that is the Super Bowl. It is... Uh, an enormously watched event and the cornerstone of sports viewing in America. So we're at Super Bowl 50. That mm-hmm. sounds like a lot. Yeah. Like that's like half a century. But yes. there was a time when people both prope- they, they, they played football for a living, mm-hmm. but they did not go to a Super Bowl. Correct. So what, su- what did they do before this? So there was... The NFL existed as sort of a, a smaller entity, and then the AFL started, which was, so it's the National Football League and the American Football League. The AFL launched in 1960. The NFL was around for a few decades before then. So there was a two-conference system and just the winner of each conference. There wasn't an extended playoffs like there is now. The winner of each conference played a game called the NFL Championship Game, um, and there wasn't nearly the fanfare there is today, and... There was a third place game uh, that was sort of an exhibition, and that sort of went away, a very soccer-style exhibition. Uh, But with the launch of the AFL, I believe in 1960, they had their own championship game, and then they decided to merge, but they decided in like 1966, I want to say, but the merge wouldn't happen until 1970. So before the merger, they decided to take the NFL champion and the AFL champion, and a lot of teams that are in the NFL now – uh, were old AFL teams. They merged in 1970, but they started playing what they considered to be uh, the enormous championship game in 1967, the first one. They they really couldn't come up with a name that was fitting, and they eventually landed on Super Bowl because, I believe, of a toy, like a Super Ball. I, do you want to know? I know this story because <laughs> I'm a fan of the, the greatest uh, football team of all time. Okay. Uh, Lamar Hunt, mm-hmm. the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, Correct. which were then an AFL team, mm-hmm. uh, called it the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it was believed he called it that because uh, his kids were playing with a Super Ball. Yeah. I and love he, that. <laughs> and, and, and so began history. Yeah. I mean, they, I think tossed around a few different names like the world series of football but then they thought that'd be sort of confusing so they landed on super bowl and it's really easy to remember and spell and think about and uh, i think it's a good idea and then 1970 the two leagues merged uh, and became the nfl and there's no longer a nfl versus afl obviously okay did somebody like invent the idea of the super bowl or this championship or was it more of just one of those boring group uh kind of managerial outcomes uh i think it's sort of boring group outcome pete roselle was the, the the big nfl commissioner for 30 years until i think like 1989 1990 so he oversaw all of this and, and sort of recognized the importance of there being a big national thing that everybody could tune into uh, as he was growing the league so yeah it was it was sort of a a group effort but he was he was credited with being the the figurehead how how did it become so popular? I was looking at viewership for right. Super Bowls throughout mm-hmm. history. The first one, bang up job, uh, and then it kind of dips. It almost splits in half, and then mm-hmm. gradually works its way up to monstrosity. 
uh, I think it was about five years ago that it passed the finale of MASH, mm-hmm. which means something to people who are older than us. Yes. As, uh, as the most uh, viewed uh, live event, I guess, on television. Right. How, how did it get there? So this is sort of multi-pronged. So the big popularity spike or the growing popularity of the NFL, I think, is largely attributed to NFL films. So this is ostensibly the PR wing of the NFL. So back in the 60s, God, this is so like inside football, but uh, a father and son team decided and pitched the NFL on, hey, we'd love to film your games. And they sort of treated it like cinema. And it acted as a PR vehicle because they sort of lionized all these players. And you see all the old footage and it's like the autumn wind is a raider and the, the real dramatic music. So it became more than a sport. It became sort of this clash of titans kind of thing where people really looked at it as this big, important, larger than life clash between these godlike figures. And, you know, you have Joe Namath, an outsized personality, you know, guaranteeing a victory early on. So on the back of both the sort of cinematic qualities that the NFL created for itself and then the the pop culture element of funny commercials, that sort of became a thing that if you didn't sort of love football, you were still entertained by uh, the halftime show was always big. You know, every they have these big musical artists. I think the huge thing for not just the Super Bowl, but the NFL is how much they've opened themselves up for TV. The TV product of NFL games, and forget whether or not you like an announcer or not, but the, the staggering number of cameras, the, the quality of cameras. You have the wire cam. It's, it's a really an innovative sport as for embracing technology and TV. And you watch these games, and I mean, I've, I've actually covered how an NFL game is broadcast and they have these giant 4k cameras that can zoom in to see whether a toe was inbounds or out of bounds they have gone to every single extreme to make this uh, a completely encompassing experience so when you combine all of those things it is and you combine the fact that the NFL was smart enough to to own a day the NFL owns Sundays during the season, and Super Bowl Sunday has become a holiday where even if you don't care about anything regarding the game, you like hanging out with your friends that do, and you can find something to like. So it's sort of a, a grab bag, something for everybody type spectacle that, that I mean, even if you don't see any Oscar movies, you kind of watch the Oscars. It's kind of like that. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I've been thinking about, uh, we did an episode on Instant Replay, mm-hmm. and I've thought about it since then, and... I think what I find appealing about the NFL is it's, t- it's tempting to look at like a sports broadcast mm-hmm. and think that the enticing bit is playing, you know, uh, what is it, armchair quarterback yes. or, you know, wannabe coach. But I think what the NFL does really well is it gives you better tools than the officials have. Yeah. And you feel like you know the game better than the experts. Right. But only because the TV is like literally like, hey, look at this millimeter of uh you know film grain to give you the perfect view from your plush uh seat of whether this person was inbounds or not versus an official who saw it happen in like one eighteenth of a second the nfl is also Uh, very good at saying hey fans do you want this thing great we'll give you everything you want and we'll figure out a very smart way to charge you for it they were you know the nfl was innovative as for do you want to watch every single nfl game and not just the one that's being played in or around your town sure 
we'll charge you for it if you have this satellite provider. Do you want cameras in the pylon in the end zone, the the orange sort of tubey stick thing to see closer weird angles? Sure, we'll give it to you. They they are very good as for figuring out how to give their fans literally everything they want and things they didn't even know they wanted. Okay, let, let's back away from football entirely. Yes. You mentioned the commercials. Uh-huh. How important are they slash why, why? Why Why did the Super Bowl become the thing where it's like, great, a new Budweiser commercial? Um, well, I mean, the, the buying power of 100 million people or 80 million people or however many people have watched it is, is pretty significant. And you have these wrapped eyeballs. And it also sort of goes to the fact that live sports are pretty much the only thing that you will watch not on your DVR, not on demand, something like that. So people have to watch commercials during the Super Bowl. Very few people, you know, some people will work and they'll sort of DVR the Super Bowl and fast forward through commercials or fast forward through football games in October or something like that. But the vast majority of people, you have their attention. And it's extraordinarily important, especially because it's the beginning of the year. So all sorts of new ad campaigns are rolling out. New products are coming out post-holidays. So it really is a perfect storm. And you want to hold people's attention. You want to you get their eyeballs. And people are so focused on their screens that they are hyper aware of everything they're seeing. So as for big, fun corporate words like brand awareness and retention and all that kind of stuff— you have it. You know that it's Budweiser doing the frogs. You know that it's, you know, Blake Griffin with Kia. You know that it's Britney Spears doing Pepsi. The, those are things that you don't necessarily have during the season with, like, the Red Zone channel or during a random summer Brewers-Cubs game. You have people. Yeah, I think uh, this is crackpot theory. But I think you also have the audience of the 50% of people at that Super Bowl party that Mm -hmm. aren't there to watch the football and don't normally do it. And anything is a welcome break from football. So suddenly commercials become the entertainment just because it's not the other thing. They're little short films. It's a short film festival that happens to be (laughs) sponsored by our favorite brands. Um, how much does one of these commercial spots cost? Uh, this year, it's going to be right around $5 million for 30 oh, seconds. So Christopher Plant money, mind you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I have Plant. Um, five. Um, uh, <laughs> which is up, I think, it's somewhere up like between 70 and 80% since like 2005, which is significant. And I think companies are very happy to pay it still. Um, it's crazy, but it's in, it's insanely lucrative. And the rights keep going up to broadcast the game. It's rotated between the NFL's broadcast partners, so that's CBS, NBC, uh, and Fox. ESPN does not have a Super Bowl. They want to keep it on network television. But it is uh, the rights fees are going up, and it speaks back to the uh, the fact that you can't DVR. You this is This is the only broadcast event that commercials are always seen. So the rights fees are into the billions, and... They're paid for it with these with these five million dollar thirty second spots. Okay, I, I have a dumb question. Please, but humor me. Super Bowl Fifty mm-hmm. is written Super Bowl <laughs> five zero. Yeah. Well, where are the Roman numerals? I miss the Roman numerals. Well, this would this would be Super Bowl L, right? That sounds weird. Um, <sighs> so I had to look this up, and when it came out that Super Bowl Fifty would be five zero instead of L, and it's apparently. The NFL wanted to distinguish between 
So the 1989 season isn't necessarily the 1989 Super Bowl because the Super Bowl was played in 1990 with 1989 squads. So they wanted a way to show that this was a growing number but without using years and they thought it would be confusing to say Super Bowl 31 but it's 1989 so they just they went with XXI you know just to sort of give it a feel of it's its own thing that's separate from the year that the the actual games are being played it sounds weird but that's what they went with are they going to go back to Roman numerals they are going back to Roman numerals Okay. Yes. Just to, they just wanted to avoid Super Bowl L. Super Bowl L. And they're, they're, sounds like a crappy phone. They've they've made a big deal. They've painted the fifty yard line gold all season long. So they really they're really wow. selling the fifty quality of it. Uh, okay. Uh, who gave the greatest halftime performance of all time? In your in your opinion, you know, I'm not going for objective truth here. Chris, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. So, oh God. Oh God. <laughs> I'm going Beyonce. I am going Beyonce. I thought she she performed very, very well. I thought she brought the energy that's needed. And uh, there, there have been sort of some fine, if not a little bit boring choices. Paul McCartney's fine. I thought you could. Go there. Who, who's the worst? Who's the, who's the worst one? Um, well, it could be this year. It could be Coldplay. Uh, I think Coldplay will be fine. These stadium bands figure things out. Everybody was sort of lamenting Bruno Mars and Katy Perry. Um, I'm trying to think who, who would count as the worst. Bruce Springsteen was fine. Um, there's nobody that stands out to me as particularly bad. They all put on pretty good shows. I know that's a bad answer. Michael Jackson gets a lot of attention. I think it was 93. I didn't, I mean, the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake one, I wasn't offended by it. I just thought it was a little bit boring. It wasn't yeah. great. That, that to me wasn't the best, but, uh, I'm going Beyonce. She brought back, what is it? Kelly and Michelle. Like, I don't know that. Um, she brought back Destiny's Child. She brought the energy. She brought the hips. She brought the jelly. Uh, Prince was also phenomenal, but I'm going Beyonce. Yeah, I feel like you can't go wrong now because after uh, after the Olympics, I feel like they just ripped that off. Right. Like, it's like it's barely even a, a traditional concert now. It's like they're giant, you know, animal robots mm-hmm, that they mm-hmm. ride. Uh, it's more performance art. Yeah, and it's, it's fine. <laughs> a short... Film festival with a little <laughs> bit of football and performance art. By the way, have you been to an NFL game recently? Uh, I'm trying to think of the last time. It would have probably been last season. I have not. That's recently. I haven't been since I was – well, I went and covered a broadcast of a game, but I didn't attend the game as a fan. I imagine the Super Bowl, maybe until the end of the game, is extraordinarily tedious to attend. Just oh, because I'm, I'm sure. Just because there's so much time, commercial breaks and time between plays – and just this year, I think especially because the stadium is kind of a mess, I just think it's it's sort of a disaster to attend. It is a TV event that people happen to attend now. You might not remember this, but you gave me the greatest advice oh. when I was choosing between a, a baseball game and a football match game, whatever. <laughs> game, yeah. Ugh. Football uh, match. Oh, God. <laughs> um, you said the uh, the best place to uh, watch baseball is any seat in the stadium. Mm-hmm. The best place to watch football is on your couch. Always. Always. And it's... it's so true. Yeah. Uh, because I every time I go to a football game, which is about once every other year, right. it is consistently a miserable experience. I will say this, though. This is my caveat. If you're going to a football game that is in one of the few NFL places or almost any college place where it's fun to tailgate, 
That is a great experience. I know people that go to NFL games and stay in the parking lot for the game. And, and then you have, watch it on the TV? You watch it on your giant flat oh, screen in the parking lot. So they're like, they're smoking whole hogs and they've got giant tubs of potato salad and they're on comfortable seats watching the, the game on like a 75-inch flat screen on the side of their friend's giant RV. That's a great experience. Yeah, that is the parking lot between yeah. uh, Kauffman Stadium and mm-hmm. Arrowhead and yep. Kansas City, and I'm all about it. Uh, okay, quick thing. Yes. Uh, the thing that I guess will make this episode not reusable. <laughs> <laughs> what should people know yeah. about this matchup? We got we got Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. the, the tired gunslinger, I guess. Yes. We got Cam Newton. Is he elite? <laughs> the, the verdict is I, I not out anymore? Right. Has SB Nation awarded him elite status? I think so. I think he's the MVP of the season, probably. Um, So the the basic thing, the big storyline, the sort of mainstream storyline, is Peyton Manning is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's the quarterback for Denver. He is old, and his arm strength after various neck surgeries is about 30% of what it used to be at his prime. So if Denver is going to win, it will be behind his guile and sort of sneakiness and definitely not through his arm uh, and an amazing defense. Denver has a truly spectacular defense who one of their defensive and outside linebackers uh, claimed that he was trying to rub his um, crotch all over Tom Brady in the Ah. AFC Championship game. So they're a a fun, fierce, nasty defense. And Carolina is led by Cam Newton, the presumed NFL MVP this year, who is – an unfair combination of big and fast and strong and has an amazing arm and a almost universal likability factor. He dances, he sort of mimics Superman unbuttoning his, his shirt to reveal a super symbol. And, um, people, some people get upset at him for celebrating too much, but he is, um, he's extraordinarily fun and a unique talent because of his size and speed and Carolina also has a really good defense and blew out their opponent in the NFC Championship game. A very good Arizona team, and they, they beat them by 35. So Carolina's the favorite, and if there is a team that is going to blow out another team in the Super Bowl, it will be Carolina if that is the, the final score. Yeah, I was pretty bummed uh, when the Chiefs lost to the Patriots, mm-hmm. and especially bummed when the Patriots lost to Denver mm-hmm. because uh, I, I am of the belief that Kansas City was a superior team to Denver this year uh, yeah. and displayed as much on the field. Right. That said, I do not envy uh, Denver going to the Super Bowl against Carolina right. because it seems like it is the stage uh, for tragedy. And if you remember two years ago, Peyton Manning was blown out against Seattle. He was blown out by Seattle in the Super Bowl. So... And he was healthier and threw a better ball two years ago. So there is recent history of the Broncos not faring all that well in this game. And Carolina could be an even more complete and explosive team than uh, the Seattle team two years ago that did that. Well, you know what? Thank you for coming here and setting the stage (laughs) for the big game. Yes. I'm ready for it. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for listening. Thank you to our producer, Andrew Marino, who is just excellent and always. Uh, excellent and always? I don't even know what that means. That's the name of his debut album, Excellent and Always. <laughs> I think I'm going to say excellent always <laughs> and always. He's excellent. always excellent. He's excellent always. He is the, the crown jewel of our podcasting eye. 
He's John Elway. <laughs> um, and thank you to Colony FM. Today's episode was brought to you by Colony FM. Busy bees, and you know who you are, have no time to read. That's why you should buzz your way towards Colony FM. Colony lets you listen to voice actor narrated blogs and articles so you never have to bother with reading again. Instead of robots or Siri, Colony has real, living, flesh and blood people reading your news and blogs to you and for you. Go to colony.fm slash tech to start listening for free today. And that's it. We'll see y'all later. Bye. Ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba.